You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 158, NF. Hosted by Dan Terry. I almost wore my unteacher shirt today, but I was feeling too fat for it, so I threw it threw it down. David Van Zant. Gotta look good for the non-YouTube podcast. And Joseph Wren. Do you like black metal? Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you're trapped in a mansion filled with the undead, but you're not playing Resident Evil, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is David. How the hell did you talk me into this one? <laughs> you know, I nearly I nearly didn't. Uh, the listeners really kind of talked you into this one. We asked. You answered. Dan gets his way again. Nobody's on my side. It actually wasn't that bad. I'm not going to lie to you. It's because of what you said about strong arm. This is why I'm doing this to you. <laughs> this was playing the whole time. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, and we have a uh, we have a very special guest host with us tonight, Mr. David Van Zant. What's going on, guys? Not much. Not much. Just doing. The, well, actually, it is kind of a big deal because we're talking about rap, but we never ever talk about rap. <laughs> yeah, it's an honor to be on the uh, my favorite metal show. Talk about my favorite rap artist yeah we thought we'd kind of turn the turn the uh tides a little bit but uh you know me me and david have been talking about nf for a little while and uh after a while i was like well let's just talk about it like let's put it on the official record you know (laughs) and um you know this is kind of fun i'm hoping this might be kind of a palate cleanser for people and uh you know if you hate it it's okay we got so many other metal bands that are going to be you won't even know. You know what, Joe? Can I say that again? Because that sounded way dirtier than I meant it to sound. <laughs> or we can leave it there. <laughs> you just you just bleep it all, Jeff style. <laughs> I could. <laughs> Let me try that again. I know that one definitely got beeped. What I'm trying to say is we are still going to be a predominantly metal podcast, but I wanted to do something a little different. And you may actually even find after we talk about NF that even if you love nothing but feedback-soaked breakdowns, you might actually enjoy some of the stuff that NF is throwing down. See, I'm surprised you haven't listened to more hip-hop because you are the lyric guy, and that is the primary focus of all hip-hop. It's hard to find hip-hop with meaningful lyrics, and that's what I think NF delivers. Absolutely. You see all these uh, posts online that say, like, zero girls, zero drugs, zero profanity, 100% talent. (laughs) <laughs> it's true. He even talks about how he doesn't like uh, bring politics into his music. He just keeps yeah. it real. Who's even got and time for real that? music, yeah. you might say. That is the Facebook group that I'm going to spam whenever we do this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're listening to this from that group, uh, thanks for clicking on my link. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, before we find out the answers to what we just want to know, I'm going to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, we love five-star reviews here on Discography Discussion. And the reason we like them is that they make me feel good inside. So if you guys want to feel good inside with me, we'll read over a couple of these reviews. David Button from The Showdown left us a review on Apple Podcasts saying, Talking about metal, killer range of bands covered on this podcast. Thank you, David, and we will actually be hearing from him 
very soon. Or I, I don't know how the math works out. I don't think we'll have that episode out yet, but we have it. We can listen to it. So, do I need ha. to get the time machine and check the future events? You might need to do that, but let's just say we have quite the conversation with Mr. David Bunton coming up. Fueled by Metal left us a five-star review. He said, all killer, no filler. Fun and informative and tight. Great perspectives and not bogged down by ads. And I'm really kind of glad that he brought that up because, you know, uh, a lot of podcasts, you know, you're grooving, you're listening, and you're like, wow, this is great. And then they start talking to you about, you know, mattresses or uh, or razor blades. And trust me, I'm, I'm always waiting for my time to sell out and do said ads, but... One way to keep a podcast from having to do ads is to contribute to our Patreon. And there's a lot of you guys that already do, and I'm going to shout them out right now. Alexander, Brian Dean, David Brown, Jeffrey De Los Santos. The actual Mac. Josh Moser. Kiki Kuti, do you love me? I do love you. Lance Allegood. The king of metal. Native Keebs, Patrick Aspland, and Samuel Woodward. You guys are awesome. I, I Like, you guys just really have helped this podcast go to the next level and we could not have done it without you and for that we salute you so dan tell me about nf well nf is a rapper from gladwin michigan his real name is nathan john firestein like frankenstein which is what it says on his uh <laughs> on all of his pages it's like if you could say frankenstein you can say firestein <laughs> so it's, it's frankenstein with fire what's more brutal than that nf is interesting uh so you know, him being a what a lot of people have started to refer to as a Dan Terry special in that he started off in the Christian music or Christian rap scene. Um, if that's not a thing you guys are familiar with, it actually is real. And uh, real is kind of is going to kind of be the word of the night. But I think what's interesting about NF is that he, he does the Christian rap thing. He doesn't really move away from it like a lot of uh, a lot of the people that we talk about on this show, how they start off you know, with one opinion on Christianity and leave with another. It's not really like that, but it's more like he just went mainstream just by being himself. He wasn't an artist that was using religion as a way to uh, get to get popular. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe him. He kind of got big by going on like um, Toby Mac brought him out on a couple tracks. Um, he kind of made it big with, uh, you know, the, the Dove Awards, which is like the Christian Grammys, if you will, you know, and... <clears throat> Especially in the first album, it will just break the ice right now. People compare him to the Christian Eminem, right. which is a little unfair. But um, but I think that you know, like you said, he he broke out later, a couple albums down the road, but never never went the whole in your face Christian way, which is uh kind of like a lot of those Christian hardcore and metal bands that you guys always talk about. Now, are we talking about Mansion, or are we talking about the Moments record from 2010? <laughs> Were you talking about Moments? Well, we, we can talk about moments for a little bit. Uh, I think Joe listened to it as part of the discography. I think I was like, no, we'll just start with Mansion. But um, in the spirit of the show, if Joe listened to it, then we'll talk about it. It's not as good as Mansion, but 2010 Moments by Nathan Firestein. Yeah, so this was a this was a self-released album. And uh, it's a little, I mean, it's, it's definitely not what I was expecting because I've heard the NF albums before this. So it's really hard to kind of go back and put yourself in that mindset. You know, this is five years before Mansion, and uh, there's no nice way to say it, but you can tell. I mean, it's uh, it's nowhere close to what he to what he is now, as far as talent goes. And uh, it definitely rings true on the song "When I Grow Up." When he's all like, "I admit the lyrics are weak," (laughs) Uh, you know, but I've been practicing. I'll get good eventually. Uh, That's definitely this album. 
But as far as what he talks about, you know, it's very it's got that aggressive rap tone that he wants to have. He goes hard. His wordplay isn't really that strong. The pace of the songs is very slow. Um, very kind of kind of downtrodden. There's even a guitar solo uh, in one of the songs, which I was just like, well, okay, that's a thing that's there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's definitely not like the best album, but I, I can definitely see it as being a first step. And it's important, I guess, in that in that regard, where this is him just trying to do all of it by himself. And um, it's pretty commendable that I mean that he put the album out himself and that it was a full length and. Um, his emotions are very real. Uh, the things that he, that he sings about are very real. Uh, that has not changed. But he's definitely a lot better at his craft now. Yeah, it's a good way to describe it. I think it, it served its purpose. It got him noticed by Capital Christian Music Group. You know, it got him um, on their radar. It got him on Toby Mac's radar and a couple of the guys that he did guest spots for. But uh, like you said, it just musically wasn't there. Lyrically, it wasn't there. I didn't know about it because like like you were saying, I started with uh, with therapy and then kind of worked my way backwards to Mansions. And then reading the lyrics of Mansions, he mentioned this album. I didn't know it existed until I Googled it. And then, you know, listened to it on YouTube. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm glad I skipped over that one. <laughs> it's definitely <laughs> a not. Fan, so that's saying a lot. Yeah, it's definitely not one that I've gone back to. Uh, too much uh, I do like I mean for whatever reason I do sometimes like the way like kind of how lo-fi it is but that's also being kind of mean because I'm sure it's not supposed to be lo-fi yeah yeah exactly but exactly. I but I do enjoy the way underground recordings sound um, just as I spent so many years doing those type of recordings myself and you know it took us a while to get better you know to get to, to get to a higher level with that and so I, I that, that's probably my favorite thing is that it sounds like an underground rap release which is cool yeah Absolutely. 2015 Mansion. Oh, I mean, what a difference five years makes. <laughs> the attitude is different. The presentation is different. It's more refined. The at-home recording technology advanced so much in that time frame that this was the year we really started to hear the modern sound of metal records and even... I'm trying to find a nice way to say the shitty R&B pop music that came out in the early 2000s and up to the mid-2010s. That didn't sound as good as this does. That didn't have as much atmosphere as this does. It's like we had enough to back off of the over-compressed crap and actually give some emotion and feeling and atmosphere back to the music while still keeping that hip-hop style of everything's hot everything's center and this is what i have to say yeah you said it. atmosphere is like the key word i think if you listen to all of nf's albums he definitely has his own vibe his own atmosphere even down to like the the album art that he uses and all of his music videos there's definitely like an nf feel atmosphere that he has a very deep hand in um and he starts seeing it on this album uh obviously a lot heavier later albums this album still has a couple more pop tracks this has a couple more like bright r&b tracks um but the thing that i like about mansion that you kind of lose in later albums um joe you were saying it with his moments album but there is like some live instruments on this album a little bit more than later it's not just all heavy hip-hop rap beats like there's actual drums there's actual guitars um inside the songs which kind of attracted me a little bit more than some of the other hip-hop artists out there yeah what's interesting about this one is like you said the live instruments and also just the aggression that he comes out just from the gate just i mean the song called intro like 
if I'm listening to a hardcore record and there's a song called Intro, I skip that shit and just go right to the to the first actual song. You do not want to skip NF's intro songs. <laughs> they are they are fully fledged and you know as we go on they're gonna actually start telling kind of a linear story it's fun and and horribly depressing all at the same time but uh yeah like he comes out of the gate on intro so hard and so fast that it you know a guy like me because joe asked you know the ultimate question how'd you even get into this guy like with your with your background and and like the, the stuff that you talk about um, and I was like, well, I was just driving with a guy that I was working with and he was playing a rap playlist and I heard this like super fast, super aggressive rapper come on. And I'm like, that wasn't Eminem. That wasn't Eminem. Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. Was, exactly. And, and, you know, like relatively clean, you know, and, uh, it just didn't, it, you know, the lyrics weren't about like the usual stuff and what, and it really, really grabbed me with the song mansion. Whenever I went home and listened to it, I was like, man, like there's a later, song on therapy session where he's like you know a guy came up to me and said we've never met but i swear you know who i am like that is that is a hundred percent how i felt when i started listening to mansion is i was just like man like yeah like this is this is how people live their life and you know i'm not i'm not vain enough to think it's just me you know that relates obviously it's a lot of people um but this one really hit me hard just with the stuff that I deal with, um, especially especially with like the idea where he says, uh, you know, I just paint over my, I don't fix my problems, I just paint over them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, and that's just like, man, that's that's kind of like what we are expected to do, you know, especially like, um, and I know this isn't where he was at the time, but it's definitely where I'm at, like, like I'm a dad, I have a job, I don't want to do, I spend ninety percent of my day doing stuff that I don't want to do, <laughs> you know. And there, there's no time really in the day for me to address any of that. Like if I'm upset about something or I'm depressed about something or I'm, you know, um, I just don't have the energy to do whatever I have to do. It's like, well, you got to go to work. You got to make money. So you're yeah, just going to have to pretend. Up. Yeah. Well, wake up. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That, that song, man. Like the first time I heard that song, the first verse is awesome. But, you know, I can't really relate to uh, being like a, uh, a rich businessman. And that whole first verse that he talks about. But the second verse uh, hit me like a ton of bricks the first time I heard it. And every time I hear it, I just have to stop and um, and just kind of like how. You, you sit around and you, you look around and everyone else is uh, doing peachy keen. You hop on Instagram and Facebook. Everyone's having like the best time of their life. And you're just kind of like sitting down, miserable, depressed, down on yourself. Um, and just kind of, you know, the end of the song is just, you know, wake up and gives that inspiration to move on. Um, that song, every time I hear it, like uh, it hits me, like you said, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Um, and understand like what what he's up against right now and his like quote unquote lane or in his market with like you know, Toby Mac, Trip Lee, Lecrae, Andy Minio's coming around these time, all these like CHH artists. Uh, and then he's rapping about uh, being abused by his mom's boyfriends in mansion. You know, he has like that whole line about how there's an entire room in mansions that he won't go into because it's too dark for even him. Um, you know, and he's in this Christian hip hop market talking about this stuff that's just unheard of. And I think that's why it kind of took fire. That was going to be my question at the start of this episode. What happened between 2010 and 2015 that created this, I don't want to say character, but something happened where he decided to present the dark 
past with inspirational messages, but it wasn't artificial. It wasn't like he woke up and said, no, I'm going to create this person who had a very dark upbringing and is still dealing with those issues. Between moments in Mansion, I feel like he started being 100% honest with his audience and he got credit for it. It wasn't yeah. fake. It was, this is exactly real. what happened to me, and I'm going to tell you how to get through it because I know it's happening to you. I think he's going to talk a little bit more about that, too, on the next album, where I think he, he realized that music is how he's going to get through all that garbage that he went through in his entire life. And instead of trying to make music to please other people, to please a record label, he just made music to help himself. And if people like it, great. If people don't, that's fine. But this is gonna, this is what's going to help me, so I'm going to continue on. Yeah, absolutely. And this album is unique, too, in that it is a little bit more inspirational overall, whereas as we get a little bit later into the NF albums, there stops being that positive resolution. Like, I call it the, uh, I call it the Christian rock positive resolution. You know, we're like, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and I almost wonder with Mansion as inspirational as it is, I do almost feel like he may have been given parameters where it's like, yeah, you can talk about all this really real stuff, but, you know, th there has to be some sort of positive vibe to it. And so that's how you get songs like Motivated. You know, you get songs like Turn the Music Up, which are just very upbeat. You know, they're the most positive songs on the album. So I want to talk about Motivated because Motivated is almost hilarious if you listen to it if you re read the lyrics as you go um you know nf he's a lyricist that's what he is he says it in his songs all the time um and he he's his hooks aren't really that great his courses aren't really that great but his verses and his lyrics are full-on intense but then you get to motivate it and 99 percent of the song is nothing but metaphors and i almost think that maybe he wrote it as like a tongue-in-cheek like you want me to write pop? You want me to write something upbeat? I'm just going to shove the most cheesy, corny metaphors into every inch of this song. Stuff like, um, you know, I ain't talking switchfoot when I dare you to move. Talk about how his lyrics are bullets and are aiming at you. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm starving diesel. That's why they call me Riddick. Ulyss. Like, like yeah. I think it's just tongue in cheek. I think this it's hilarious. is his version of y'all want a single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do. Because exactly. I, I definitely like when I hear it, I'm like, is he making fun? of other christian rappers he has to because be. like i feel that he way and like the like the switch foot reference really makes me feel like it was a shot at ccm in general like big time you know big time. like it's i'm not talking switch foot when i it's so yeah. funny though and i still like that mute that song though because it is still very driving um yeah. you just if you listen too close you're gonna start laughing but like this album has so much uh content the song um all i have probably my favorite mm -hmm. song off of mansion this is weird because like one of the big issues i have with rap is that i can't really relate to a lot of what they're saying i think all i have was the first nf song that i really related to personally in that he's talking about coming up coming up in rap and trying to make a name for himself and actually mm -hmm. be taken seriously because he's like this white kid from michigan you know um that's a christian you know like it's it's all the odds are stacked against him and you know it's it paralleled a lot for me you know as far as like being a podcaster and being somebody that you know when he starts off all i ever wanted was somebody to hear me you know like yeah, yeah like what you know like that's a lot of that is my motivation too that i just for whatever reason want people to hear my point of view on things and, and to be heard in a way that's not just talking one person to another person and this song like absolutely um 
like anytime that I'm feeling down or upset or like, you know, what are we even doing here? You know, like yeah. who, who actually listens, who cares? You know, um, I always will, I'll always listen to all I have and realize that like I'm still mainly doing it for me and anybody else that's there is just kind of a bonus you know it's pretty funny because i think it was that song i think that song's on his uh self-titled ep that um that capital released first yes and there's a youtube there's a youtube video going around of uh him almost auditioning inside like an office of some capital christian music group like executives and if you look at him he's he doesn't look like nf like he looks almost like a feral dog he has his like baggy clothes on he has his hoodie up he's hunched over and he's He's rapping acapella, no beat, that first verse of All I Have as almost like, it, it almost is, seems like that that's his like kind of audition for the uh, for the record label. Um, so it's funny you brought that up, that that inspires you, because it always seemed to me that that was like the song that kind of broke him into the into the label. Yeah, absolutely. If I was in, if I was an executive, I would have re- definitely recognized that as straight fire, you know, because yeah. it, it really is. It, it's, it's one of his most... Uh, sincere songs but uh yeah i mm-hmm. guess i guess we got to get on to therapy session because i could talk about yeah. mansion for four hours <laughs> i could talk about this album for four hours 2016 <laughs> therapy session man oh man so you thought the last album had some dark shit on it <laughs> dude there's no pop lyrics anymore man it's all substance it's he, over kind of like yeah he, he doesn't look back either it's all forward yeah he i mean he he paid his dues as far as like doing what the label wanted on mansion yeah i think he realized he kind of stayed his name of like this is me this is nf this is my brand i'm in control of it and this is where i want to do because like joe like you were saying atmosphere this album is thick with it and it just goes it goes higher from here i have limited exposure to modern hip-hop but I feel like the underground hip-hop artists from 10 years ago are finally starting to get noticed for this style of dark, atmospheric hip-hop. Basically, a different version of what Eminem did way back when and got a lot of credit mm-hmm. for. And anybody that did what he did, the fast rapping, the dark loops, everybody said, well, you just ripped him off. But there was an entire sub culture of hip-hop guys that were doing it the whole time the name that comes to mind that i keep hearing is doobie and i thought okay you got a guy who's basically a rock guy doing hip-hop but then dan pops up with nf and says this has been here for the past five years you should be listening to this so there is another guy there's an entire group of people but there's another guy that's doing that dark atmospheric fast rap hip-hop that I actually like, but the first exposure I had to it was like Stan with Eminem. Yeah. And I haven't heard anything in a long time that made me believe that somebody could bring that same feeling with a different message. Well, yeah. And I mean, he even says that in all I have off mansion. He's like, you probably think that artist is new. That artist has probably been at it for years, (laughs) you know, like, and it's, it's so true that that like the way we consume music and the way we think about it. You know, like a, a new band sound, signs to Solid State next week, and we're like, oh, they're so great, they're so new. They've got like three EPs out. They've been touring for two years. You know, like they're not a exactly. they're not a new band. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, they're like a super group from like four other bands already like did it and broke up. They didn't know about it. Well, hey, we already talked about Demon Hunter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like therapy session is so real that like I almost can't handle it sometimes because it's so fucking dark. 
Like I will yeah. get I will get sad like listening to it and um the you know the single therapy session as far as relatability goes like that that whole like you send me you know a message and say you'll slaughter my family like oh my god like I can relate to that in a big way because that's the price that you pay for putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know like yeah. you you get you get weirdos you know that are going to send you crazy shit. But then he turns right around and says, you know, I see a lot of talking on socials, but honestly, I don't see nothing in public. Yeah. <laughs> and I just have to laugh. He's a uh, it's weird because you look at him. He's this like scrawny little white dude, you know, from Michigan. But uh, but I don't know, man. I feel like that if if he got pissed off, I wouldn't want to mess because, you know, like that you're talking about in a therapy session, that one line where he's talking about how uh, a girl went up to him at a show and says that her life's full of drama. Uh, her daddy's abusive, likes to beat up on her mama. And then it's like, well, you give me his number, but he can't because what are you going to do? You're going to call him up and he's going to start hitting the mom even harder. Right. Like he has this, he has this protective mentality over his fans, but then at the same time in the same song talks about how, um, all the attention from his fans also kind of trips him up and and uh, and puts him in a dark place at the same time. So I feel like that he's just he's bearing his heart on his sleeve, 100% honesty, and uh, and it's working. Let's uh, you know let's talk about this song. Like, uh, uh, how could you leave us? That song, the, all of Mansions built up to this one moment. You know, he alluded Ooh. to it. He alluded to it in a couple of a uh, couple songs, a uh, couple of Mansion, but then you hit, you know, how could you leave us is the reason why NF's here. It's the reason why he's rapping. And that song from start to finish, it builds, it builds, it builds. It pulls your heart out. It stomps on it. It puts it back in. It's just, it's it's impossible to describe. You know, I don't get I don't get choked up whenever I listen to songs uh, very often. Um, Salty Grave by Life in Your Way, notwithstanding. But, um, <laughs> you know, that's like the only other one. Uh, but, like, this song is so overbearingly just oppressive and but it's beautiful too like it's the the genuine human emotion that is displayed by nate on this song is something that i'm not used to experiencing with music yeah like it's not a performance anymore you know like it's not like a finely crafted performance he's crying at the end of the song sobbing literally yeah literally and i'm just like that you can't you can't fake that you know you can't you can't just you can't just like make up some kind of like performance for that like in and the the subject matter being so heavy like when he's like i want to forgive you but it hasn't i want to say i've forgiven you but it hasn't happened yeah um music is the only place i can go to speak to you i mean jesus you know, like i mean i've never i you know i haven't had that experience before Yet, for some reason, when I'm listening to that song, I'm, like, right there with him. Do we know who he's talking about? He's talking about his mom. Talking about his mom, yeah. Yeah, his mom, his whole life, was addicted to uh, addicted to prescription pills, and he talks about it in a bunch of his songs, and this song is kind of, like, you know, lays it all out in grave detail. And it's one of those, I'm not a big music video guy, and you, but you watch the music video for this one, and every verse uh, is played out line for line you get the visuals of everything of you know talk about how uh you know he's talking to his mom but the entire time the social worker's over in a over in a corner like taking down notes um or waiting at the grandparents house for the mom to pick him up and him and his siblings are in the window and the mom never shows up you know and um if, if you can listen to this song and not feel something if you can watch that music video and not feel something then then you have no heart because he bears it all out and it's it's the most real thing i've seen that 
in person. I've never experienced it, but I've yeah. seen that person over in the corner who's here to decide if you're fit. And they're just literally taking notes in the least emotional way possible. And when you see that happen, the only reaction I can have is, why are you here? I'm pissed. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm angry. I know why. I get it. But it's one of the things that you see it happen and you say, that's bullshit. Yeah. So that's just my view. Yeah. I mean, how many how many hip hop albums do you listen to that make you feel like this? Not very yeah. many. One, and, this one. And how many hip hop? Uh, how many hip hop artists out there are uh, are secure enough with their emotions to literally just record yourself crying for a minute and a half at the end of it? Like, none of that was none of that was planned out. He didn't write that down. You know, that had to be just him crying in a studio. It's it's brutal. I wonder if he did that in one shot and said, "Leave it all in." Yeah. Probably didn't say anything. Probably just walked off. And they're like, oh, <laughs> I guess we're door. done. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what else What else can you do? You know, it wouldn't be me if I didn't talk a little bit of trash on this album. Um, the only thing that I, the only thing about therapy sessions is I think that, I think it's beautiful from beginning to end. I really do. But in comparison to Mansion, it doesn't have the straight ahead driving hits that Mansion did. When you go from how can you leave us over to, um, like I'm, I mean, you, so you start with therapy session, which is track two. The intro's really fast, but then you have I just want to know how could you leave us? Breathe, real. Oh Lord, I can feel it. Got you on my mind. This record doesn't pick up until track ten. Well, I'm gonna have to. Real is my favorite NF song of all time, and I feel like that that song from beginning to end, like it's it's a diss track. He talks about how like he's gonna take a machete and cut off the ladder from behind him so no one can follow him up the ladder. Right. Um. Like just the then that was like the first uh, song that I was like, man, I wonder if like I wonder if I could sit down and learn the lyrics and rap alongside him because some of those bars in in like the second and third verses are so blindingly fast that he hits. Um, by far, hands down, my favorite my favorite NF song. But uh, but you're right as as the as the album progresses, it's not as as one two one two as Mansion would be. There's a there's a lot more filler on this album. Yeah, I agree. And it's not even that it's not as heartfelt or whatever. Like I'm I'm into a song like I can feel it. Got you on my mind and stuff. Like I I get all of that. However, it just doesn't like the reason I listen to NF is because it's so aggressive and this is kind of that weird dichotomy where you just want you, you want your favorite artist to just be angry and upset all the time. Yeah. And I mean you do get that. It's not like it's not like any of those songs are happy songs. I don't know. I don't think there's any happy songs on any of his albums. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a couple here and there, but they didn't get like hype songs like grinding. Like yeah. I think I was texting it earlier today. It's the first song I ever heard by him. I forget how I found it. Um and it's a hype song all the way through. It's all about you know, grinding, getting to the top, but then there's still like lyrics in that song where he talks about like put me in a room full of rappers come back in five minutes i'll be the only one still alive with a note on my chest saying i did it like yeah. you know and he's still like heavily in the christian scene talking about murdering a bunch of rappers in a room and <laughs> taking credit for it which like, is funny because in a couple of tracks before he's like you're saying my music is violent you gotta be kidding me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. i guess your definition of violence and mine is something we look at differently it's, yeah, it's hilarious man yeah you get in eight tracks later statement man like oh, yeah. statement like is just like is just like dripping with with atmosphere like even from the beginning it's that creepy intro with just like the i don't even know what you would call it and then the whole song just sounds like that he was just freestyling and hit record uh from start to finish yeah, yeah i love totally. that I love that song. those are fun yeah 
It's definitely a, a better B side than an A side on this record, for sure. Yeah. Just I feel like it really picks up. Um, All I Do is also kind of a hype song. Yeah. And I'm totally cool with that. I, I love All I Do and Grinding and Therapy Session. I find myself skipping over a lot of the record. And again, it's not because it's not good. It's just not why I'm here. You know, it's yeah. like when your favorite metal band decides to put out like four metal songs and then like a whole bunch of indie tracks, you know, in between. Yeah. It's not that they're the bad. Ballads. It's just not yeah. why you showed up. I was texting you about it before, too. Like, I, I skip over those every single time if I'm in a mood to listen to NF. But then, you know, going through this past week, trying to listen to every song in a discography and actually listen to those R&B songs, you can appreciate he has a good voice. I think I, I was like, you know, he can actually sing. I think he shows his singing chops on this. But, you know, it's not something that I'm going to I'm going to willingly listen to if I want to listen to some 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 heavy gangster rap coming from NF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. If gangster, gangster rap is. Yeah. <laughs> Where we would where we go with that? We're, we're metal guys trying to talk about rap. It's hilarious. There you go. It's, um, it's amazing. <laughs> but uh, you know, it gets really like therapy session was, was a huge hit for NF. You know, like just just straight fire. Like it it put him in the public perception because you can't be that raw with people and people not take notice. You just can't. Like game over. You know. Yeah. And so I remember after therapy session, I was like, how is he going to follow this up? And he had the same question in intro three. Perception, <laughs> 2017. So you guys remember how in Mansion he said, you know, fear moved into my house. I let him in. Uh, yeah. You know, I've been dealing with him ever since. I thought that he would leave, but he never did. He must have packed up or he must have, you know, set up his stuff and settled in. So intro three is him having a conversation with fear. Hello, me. Meet the real me. <laughs> and even though his music's not not violent, he does hit fear in the head with a shovel and throw him into an open grave. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going to say a ditch. Fear dug for him. <laughs> he had fear dig his own grave. He did. He <laughs> said he threw him. <laughs> it was great. And like the the whole back and forth of him and fear talking to each other, you know. And he's like, he's like such a like fear is such a dick. Like it, he's like making fun of like really important stuff you know and he's all like you know um you know i oh what did he say something about how i wish mom he, he goes remember you were crying like a baby saying i wish mom was here yeah we all do so we wouldn't have to hear about it every single record yeah total self-awareness making fun of himself yeah i love it I well and yeah they're out there digging a hole and he's like he's like what are we gonna do throw a cr throw a track uh you know, dig a grave and throw a beat in it and then rap about it for like three minutes. Like, hey, isn't that that's really deep, isn't it? It's pretty deep, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 I love it. Total tongue in cheek making fun of himself. Oh, yeah. And then there was, um, I like it too. Whenever he's like, he throws him in the, he throws him in the open grave and then he goes, uh, my therapist said not to bury my problems, but honestly, I'm feeling great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so like, and we've reached a point now, though, on perception where he is so metaphorical now. Like th that's a huge change because Mansion, it was all very, it was mostly real with some metaphor. Therapy session was very, very real. Uh, mm -hmm. Perception's the first one where we're gonna start getting really deep into metaphor. Yeah, like really deep. Um, you know, Outcast. You know, the, like this. This is where this is NF with the cage. And the keys, and you know, uh, yeah. and, and he's he's telling this he's telling this big story, and uh, I'm not going to go through the entire story here because there's just not enough time. But 
basically like he is battling his own demons and you start realizing that even though therapy session was such a big hit and really like let you down off of this album was like a huge hit like made him like uh made him super famous his most popular triple song platinum. triple platinum, triple platinum. Dude. yeah <clears throat> yeah so this album like he i don't know i think it's peak depression nf and i remember when it came out i was listening to it um and i was like man did like there's there's like no hope in this album like you were saying you know later on albums have have very little hope compared to compared to mansion there's like zero hope on this album and he talks in the search how during this album cycle he had a complete mental breakdown started going to see a therapist actually got diagnosed ocd like so much good happened from this album with let you down going triple platinum this was the first time i ever heard nf on the radio and i remember watching the uh the the Mayweather Pacquiao fight on uh, on pay per view and they use the NF song as the intro. You know he started going on tour with Logic. He's getting like he's out of the Christian market and he's like actually relevant in the mainstream market. Um, met his future wife, but then everything going on in the background, no matter how many millions he's making and all the fame, man, he's just he's just down and depressed, and it shows in in, in the songs and these in these lyrics. Yeah, he couldn't handle it. It was just too much. Yeah. And really, these yeah. songs, and it's funny because what you're talking about, the the breakdown and everything that he had, you know, from this album cycle, was all written at you. Like, we won't actually see that until we get to The Search, mm-hmm. where he's dealing with the aftermath of all of that. But on Perception, yeah. this was just him dealing with the, with the success that he had on Therapy Session. Yeah. And, like, didn't know how he was going to follow it up and didn't know how he was going to, you know, survive or, or be relevant. And, you know, you can definitely tell from intro three that, like, he's throwing out all the things that he thinks people think about him. And uh, th- and that's the saddest part of it. But this album is so deeply metaphorical that I have to admit that without maybe, like, I love Outcast. I love intro three, obviously. I like Let You Down. I like You're Welcome. Um, I like Lie. But beyond that, everything else is so metaphorical to me that I do have a little bit more trouble relating to it overall as I have, you know, stuff that was on, you know, Mansion and Therapy Session. Yeah, like some of my favorite songs are on this album, like the ones you mentioned, and then uh, like Destiny, No, uh, Outro, like they're all really fun songs. But as a whole, it's probably my least favorite NF record just for relatability. Um, And actually going back and listening to it, I don't think it moves as a whole as Mansion and Therapy did, especially with the storyline. I want to talk about Let You Down for a second because I think it is one of the strongest NF songs ever. And it is so on brand for him. It gives you everything that you like about NF despite whatever you know your preference may be. You get the fast raps. You get the slower, more heartfelt singing choruses like the pop stuff. But you also get that very real emotion with him talking about his relationship with his dad. I mean, is Let You Down not like the most fucking relatable song? It has to be. Oh my God. Absolutely, it has to be. Like, I get why it was such a huge hit because literally anybody can listen to that song. Whether it's about your dad, your mom, or a family member, or a close friend, or an ex-relationship, you can apply this song to anybody that's ever pissed you off. Or somebody that you felt like you needed to impress that you just couldn't ever impress. Yeah. For me, it's my brother, you know? Okay. And um, that that line where he's like, you know, oh, you want to be friends now? Okay, let's put my fake face on and pretend now. <laughs> we can laugh about the good times that didn't even happen. I mean, why are you laughing? You know, 
like uh, he's he's like I'm, I'm trying hard to find a reaction but at least you're happy you know like yeah the the one always hit me was like the that's parents for you very loyal should have had my back but you put a knife in it my hands are full what else should i carry for you you know i care for you but it feels like we're on the edge right now man that whole line like you said it could be about parents siblings friends anything but uh but just the feeling of like no matter what i do no matter what i'm i'm trying to do for you uh nothing's ever good enough and i just always feel like i'm letting you down man it's killer absolutely it's it's probably his best song it's not my favorite but it's his best it's no no wonder why it blew up so big the way it did. There's also a really funny video on YouTube of him performing the song and he forgets the lyrics halfway through. <laughs> so he just starts freestyling. Yeah. I never saw that. It's hilarious. <laughs> it, it, is, it is really funny. There's That's so funny. many great videos online of, of NF stopping songs like mid-set. Like at one point he like stopped the whole show and kicked a drunk guy out because he was like hassling people. It's um, kind of like what you were saying about how he has that protective, you know, that, that protectiveness of his fans and so like yeah. if anybody's getting hassled or hit or anything and he sees it from the stage he'll like stop the show and be like you know get out you know which yeah, I, there exactly. aren't a whole lot of other people that do that kind of thing and he's he's kind of uh become famous for it although he did yeah, say in cool. an interview he's like i know that's not like the professional thing to do he's like but he's like i can't help it he's like i see it and i, I have to do something about it when has he not just done his own thing though his that's, entire career. That's very true. 2019, The Search. Oh, fuck me. It's a 72-minute album. <laughs> What's that when you said that uh, when you're like, hey, do you want to do the NF episode with me? I was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. And you're like, you're going to have to listen to all 3,000 tracks of The Search, though, because <laughs> up to that point, I still haven't yet. <laughs> I'm not used to albums that have 19 songs on them, unless it's like a grindcore album or something. <laughs> <laughs> the Search starts off really fucking strong with the song The Search. Hey, Nate, how's life? I don't know. It's all right. That really sums it up, man. Like he <laughs> and then he just goes into it. He's like, last year I had a breakdown, <laughs> you know, like like we're up to date. Like you don't need a new you don't need a 24 hour news source for for Nate. Like he is his own news source. He's like, yeah. So uh, here's here's what what took place. I just sold the biggest album of my entire career. I now have all this money. I have all the fame. I have everything that I ever dreamed of being a little kid wanting to be a rapper. But oh shit, I'm still Nate and I'm still fucked up. Why is that? And that's what this album's about. Yep, it's all him trying to find it. Notably the first uh, NF album that doesn't start with an intro. And I think that's fitting because he ended the last album with outro. So I'm glad he didn't do outro intro four. That would have been weird. But um the search is a perfect intro to the whole album you know it's weird starting an album off with a title track for him but uh but it fits it totally fits and he comes so hard into it mm -hmm. like th this song is so packed full of lyrics that you can actually understand joe if you listen to him slowly i've got a speed control on this thing i mean <laughs> that whole like you know he, he goes on this huge rant about like you know you try to suffocate it, hoping it dies, and then it rises up like an evil surprise. And he's yeah. like, and then he's like, "You don't relate to that. You must not be as crazy as I am." <laughs> like, and it's just yeah. like, but everybody can relate. Like, he's still got that relatability, even though he's like a millionaire now. I'm still relating to this dude on a personal level. When he says, you know, he said, "I've been going through some things like every human being," and didn't really sleep well last night. Yeah, dude, I know the feeling. 
You know that thing that happens to you and then people ask you what's wrong and then you have to talk about it to feel better and people tell you you should talk about it and then when you're not done talking about it, everybody's tired of hearing you talk? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. He talks about that, They're too. And Everybody said, talk about your feelings. And then they say, why are you still talking? I well, love it. There's a word There's a word for that. It's called support exhaustion. It, there are people out there that, unfortunately, in our lives can be very toxic. And they can be very, like, they always have a fucking problem. The difference between that sort of person and somebody like Nate is that Nate presents it in such a way that's very enjoyable to listen to. There, there's no other way to say Perfect it because it. I do feel like if I was like best friends with Nate, it would be exhausting. Just like a lot of my friends, uh, you know, Joe, I mean, can attest to this. Being friends with me is very exhausting. Not all the time. Not all the time because a lot of the times I just stuff down what's going on or what I'm upset about or whatever. And I just show up and do the job like I was talking about last time. You know, I've done podcast episodes where I'm like, fuck, I'd rather be doing something else. Yeah. I mean, and amplify that to like my day job. Every time you go to work, you're like, fuck, I'd rather be doing something else. You know, and this this record really takes a lot of that and and, and pours it out on the floor for you to kind of just go through and, and build whatever you can out of it. And um, And he comes back in strong with Leave Me Alone, which is, you know, again, a song where he has so many people commentating on him or to him kind of like what we're doing uh, but like there are there's so many voices now because he's so popular that it's just noise in his head and this dude's already got a whole bunch of voices in his head on top of that <laughs> so you've got yeah, all this like external noise and this internal noise at war with each other yeah it's just like a intro three from the last album where it's just him talking to himself the entire time because he, he talks he talks to himself in in uh in like a plural set so he's like i hate if they debate I hate it when they debate we're underrated. We're so overlooked that they're looking over our numbers, Nathan. He's just talking to himself the entire album yeah. um, or the entire song, you know, um, talking about how oh, we don't post enough on our socials. You know, they they want another they want another album. And, you know, did we give you new music last week? Um, you know, he talks a lot about and I think it's a perfect product of, you know, in between last album and this album, he started going like he self-proclaimed, started going to therapy, got diagnosed OCD. Um, he got married and apparently she's a strong enough woman to to handle him, you know? Um and it's just him processing through everything that he's been going through. I think it's awesome. But he still says stuff like hold up my balloons to cover my face. I could still feeling I still feel them weighing on me every day. I should let him go and watch them float away, but I'm scared to, then I'll be more afraid. Like, he still has all of his problems because he knows that's what makes him. Yeah, and the symbolism of the balloons is so genius because, you know, if you listen to enough NF, you know that the black balloons signify his stress and his inner demons and his struggles. But they're also balloons. Like, he could let them go at any at any time. Mm -hmm. But he even says, you know, in the search, I'm leaving, leaving behind my burdens. Well, I brought a few of them. I'm not perfect. <laughs> and, like... You know, and he's still holding those balloons. But that line that he that he throws out the "we're so overlooked, they're they're looking over our numbers." Nathan, what was funny about that? I felt was that like he's that super popular millionaire rapper that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. It's so weird because like I show NF to people all the time, and I'm like, oh, he's huge. I mean, look at his YouTube videos; they got millions and millions of views. Like he's a big deal. People know about this guy. He sells out every everywhere he plays. And everyone's like, no, I've never heard of him before. And so that lyric yeah. is like him trying to make sense of that too, where he's like, well, we're so overlooked. They're looking over our numbers. Like, how can these be his numbers when he's not like, you know, 
on MTV. <laughs> Nobody's on MTV anymore, but you know what I mean? Like, he's not in the... Uh, Reruns of your favorite TV shows from WB in the 90s are on MTV right now. Oh, that's cool. Let's go do that instead. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Well, it's weird because this music's getting out because, like, I even was texting you watching the Super Bowl in the beginning of the Super Bowl. They used, uh, they used one of his songs from, like, I think Mansion, or it was a Mansion or the EP. It was, like, a really old song. It's like, why are they playing this? But, you know... Because Capital gave him a good price on it. Exactly. Okay. It's true. Because that's one thing that we haven't really talked about is that this album is completely just him as far as him putting it out on his own label. Yeah, that's true. And I think that's part of the success there. He cut out the middleman. He's like, if I'm getting these kind of numbers, why the hell can I just put it out myself and it be just as big? And it absolutely was that. It was the smartest decision he ever made. And he actually... He actually started that in Perception, I believe, too, which was, I think, a, a kind of a, uh, a joint effort between his own label and Capital. So that mm-hmm. was just one of those, like, you know, the lightning struck just right to where it was such a mega hit, mostly because of uh, Let You Down. And that's that's the funniest thing he says, you know, a lot of people have never heard of me. He's like, but then I start playing Let You Down, and they're like, oh, it's this guy. <laughs> you know? I know him. Yeah. Well, I think now is the time for the hip-hop audience and the artists to do the independent releases. I want to compare what you just said to what Trent Reznor said like 20 years ago. Why do I need a record label? But he does. I don't think NF or any of his peers need a label the same way now because their market, their fans, are deep into the social media. So no, he doesn't need the help. He's got all the tools he needs. Yeah, especially in the hip hop community, because like SoundCloud rappers are like the the thing now. Like they're the ones that you you can produce an entire album on your on your MacBook, you know, in your basement, and put it out and actually sounds good. It sounds quality, um, and a lot of these guys are are getting noticed for that. But NF just does what NF does and starts his entire record label. And I think that's something we haven't talked about really yet, up to now is just the business genius that Nate has, you know, the business mind that he has where he, even back in mansions, he kind of, I'm not sure how much was the record label or him, but he definitely picked a brand. He picked a style. Um, He has one dude do all of his music videos for him. So it has that same aesthetic and that same atmosphere and that same feel. Um, And, and up until now, now he has his own record label. He's just calling the shots, but it, it it feels, it feels great. Yeah, completely. And some of the topics that he, tackles on this record are very like it's it's like let you down times 10 in the sense that he goes for the throat on relatability um mm-hmm. the search and leave me alone are very deeply personal but i mean change my stress time when i grow up those are all relatability songs like a hundred percent like my stress is probably my favorite nf song because it's absolutely how i feel most of the time like this idea of like um you know like for me obviously i'm not as popular as nate is or ever will be but you know i just get facebook messages all day and i try to be like uh because we did we we had a kind of an infamous interview that we did uh a couple of like i guess a couple weeks ago now maybe a couple months ago in this posts but I got so much attention from that, positive or, or negative, where I was just getting I was getting messages every day, and there were comments all day, every day, and I had to like, and, and I felt like as the content creator that I had to more or less like speak on behalf of that stuff and respond because like my whole shtick 
has always been like, I want to be super real with people and I want to, you know, somebody sends me a message, I'm going to personally respond, you know, and I'm going to personally comment on whatever the comment was or, or clear up any questions that anybody might have, yada, 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 yada. And, you know, my wife had to sit me down and she's like, yeah, but there comes a certain point where you, you're kind of, you're trying to be super real with people, but you're also being super fake you're putting on your you're putting on your podcaster face and putting on a smile she's like you don't want to talk about about all this stuff like you did something and you kind of just wanted to be done and move on for it but it's like you know where he says in the song like you know um some days i don't want to see or have a bunch of people to impress i just want relief from my stress like that's how i feel like every time it's like so and so wants to connect with you on messenger so and so you know or you get an email in in the podcast email and, and I'm not saying by any stretch that I don't enjoy getting those emails from people or, or anything like that or that I have a problem with it. But, like, my issue is I just always want to instantaneously respond instead of just being like a normal person and being like, you know what? I'm going to respond to Facebook messages on Tuesdays <laughs> and then on, yeah. you know, and then on Saturday. And so the, the song My Stress really was, was influential in kind of changing my mindset about that kind of stuff. And it was really relatable for me because I know Nate's got it probably 400,000 times worse. You know, you can't send, you can't get a direct line to Nate. You can't just like send him a message on Facebook or send him an email or, uh, you know, and if you can, you guys should definitely, you know, let us know. Uh, but uh, I was going to say, we're going to try. We're going to try. We're going to try really hard. We're going to try really hard. But, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, it's one of those things where that's totally relatable. Like, you know, I go to church every Sunday and I don't really, I don't really fit in with, with that. You know, anybody that's listened to my shows knows that like, there's a little bit of a separation between like mainstream Christianity and like guys like me or even guys like Nate or, you know, anybody that's just a little bit more off the beaten path. And it's like, my wife's always like, you know, can't you try to get along with these people more or like try to relate to them or try to, you know. And, and my response is always like, I don't want to see or have a bunch of people to impress, yeah. <laughs> you know, you I just change yourself so you can fit in with someone else. Yeah. Be a black sheep. Yeah. And <clears> that's, <throat> that's the road to fakeness and, and people can detect that fakeness. Yeah. And so for a song like my stress, like that was, that was massively influential to me. Time hit me the hardest man with like, uh, you no, know, that was like the first song that he kind of wrote up directly about his wife after they got married before this album came out. And the whole album is just like their whole song is like uh, just him apologizing for being a prideful, egotistical, you know, jerk. Some of the lyrics like uh, even if we both break down tonight and you say you hate me and we go to bed angry, I know everything will be all right. I'll be here waiting. I promise I'm changing. I just need time like this. I was reading the lyrics. I've heard the song so many times, but just sitting down and actually reading the lyrics, man, I was like, dude, this is exactly how my wife and i argue you know after almost 10 years this is like line for line what we do um you know where it's even says like way before i bought you the ring we were fighting back and forth like you were wearing the thing like i think about our engagement and the arguments we got in like almost like a 5 10 15 year married couple but um you know but then he comes to the realization of like, I got a lot of issues. I'm trying to work through them, going to therapy for you, something that's worth doing. Like this album, I feel like the hope kind of came back where it was missing a little bit from perception um, and, and therapy where, you know, whatever he did in between these past two albums, it works. And the search that he's on, it's he's, he's finding the answers going back to like the song right before this or a couple tracks before this changes um he has like the most 
I think, intense line out of all four of his albums where he says, um, positive thoughts on my rivals. I'm trying to be on their side, though. Should I feel comfortable? I don't. Last year, I felt suicidal. This year, I might do something different, like talking to God more. Like something that small and and simple. Um, but just when he just flat out says, last year, I felt suicidal, man. Like, it almost like it jolts you. It makes you stop. Definitely. And, and he talks a lot about things that he worries about, too. Um, not to go, not to make this whole episode about the song My Stress, but like when he says, uh, I'm waiting to get that phone call that says that records are not selling, you know, and, and that this is all over. And then, you know, what am I going to be, you know, after this is all over? Will I, will I have found any kind of peace? And then he kind of continues that with the song Nate, which is a song basically him talking to his younger self. Like if his, like if he was talking to himself when he was like, you know, six or eight years old or something. And you mean uh, Nate's talking to himself. That's Nate, not yeah. characteristic. This is different. <laughs> this is different. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, with that song, I mean, that, that song really gives me chills. Um, especially whenever he says, you know, like he tells him, he's like, you know, when you're, when you're this age, you're going to drop a album, you're going to call it mansion and then therapy is going to come and perception is going to be huge and you're going to make millions. And, you know, you might, you might get some satisfaction from your successes, but then you're just going to make another goal that doesn't lead to freedom. It's like, holy shit. Like, cause yeah. it's asking that question. When, <clears throat> when is enough enough? Yeah. And that whole song, like on every album, he, he talks about, you know, his, you know, exit, what happened with his mom, where it's like, you know, um, the, the pills took your mom or, uh, or how he's talking about on the first album with his, uh, he finds a girl and they both relate to their hatred of pills. But then on that song, Nathan, he talks about, um, he alludes to why would you leave us or how could you leave us? And he's like, something's going to come. And he doesn't actually mention it, you know, because it's actually him talking to his younger self. He doesn't want to, you know, give any, I don't want to say spoilers, but he doesn't want to give any spoilers to his younger self. But um, yeah, that whole song's powerful. It really is. I mean, it's, it's one of those, like, really makes you think. But then at the same time, he comes back with When I Grow Up, which I think is kind of the positive spin mm -hmm. on, on the song, Nate. And When I Grow Up, I mean, it's super relatable for anybody that's tried to do a creative endeavor, whether it be a band, a rap career, a, a movie maker, you know, anything. Anything that you do creatively, you can relate to When I Grow Up, where it's like, dude, you're going you're gonna, to like self-promote so hard and nobody's going to give a shit like at all ever and you're just gonna have to deal with that like that that's just the way it's gonna be because eventually you're gonna break through if you just if you if you grind hard enough which i agree with and i don't agree with at the same time because like you know i've been in bands and the reason those bands didn't succeed wasn't due to any lack of wanting it by me you know granted as a rapper i think it can sometimes be a little easier because it's just you but like when you're like in a metal band or something like you're relying on people to show up <laughs> every week yeah. you know you can't just do it on your own uh, so like you only hear about the success stories that's that's kind of the only the only criticism i have for when i grow up is that as ins inspirational as it is it's a success story coming from something that's already a, already a success whereas yeah, th there are tons of rappers out there that i'm sure are just as real as nf that we're never going to hear about because they gave up or because life got in the way and it wasn't because they didn't want it. They just, for whatever reason, lightning didn't strike the same way for them as it did for Nate. But at the same time, that doesn't take away from his story and what he, what he did to get to this point, you know? So like for me as a podcaster, like I definitely, you know, can really relate to when I grow up because it's like, you know, I, whenever I'm just trying to explain to people what a podcast even is, 
<laughs> or or why we do it. Everybody's like, oh, it's like the radio, right? I was like, well, I mean, it's kind of like the radio, but it's it's not really because I can say fuck whenever I want to. But um, but beyond that, <laughs> like uh, that's kind of the issue I have with relating to those church friends. Uh, but no, like the the biggest thing is that uh, you know you can't ever really convince anybody to check something out just because you want them to. And that's what that song's about. He's like, well, I'm just eventually, I'm just going to get good. And then they're not going to have any choice, but to pay attention. And like, really that should be all of our goals, right? Yeah. Eventually we have to just get so good at what we're doing that people can't help, but stop and watch. Final thoughts on NF. I'm going to go first because I think I have the least to say right now. I'm glad I know about it. I'm glad Dan decided to do this show because I like listening to artists that don't do the same thing that everybody else is trying to shove down my throat and make me pay attention to, make me spend my money on. I feel like NF is one of those jewels inside of hip hop that most people wouldn't pay attention to him if they listened to what he was actually saying because what they want to hear is not what he's talking about. But because he's so good at what he does, he has fooled you into coming into his universe, into his atmosphere. He's putting together the story of of Nate and you aren't just enjoying what you're hearing, you're relating to it and you want to hear more. This isn't your run-of-the-mill bullshit R&B. So you should be listening to it. David, final thoughts. I agree, man. Uh, I mean, I'm biased. NF is one of my favorite artists right now, but um, you know, great rap, uh, great lyrics. I feel like that if anyone is looking for just hard-hitting, in-your-face hip-hop, uh, NF's your your go-to guy. If you're looking for catchy hooks, he's not it. If you're looking for, for if I can say, infectious beats, uh, he's not it, but he takes you on that journey. He takes you on the journey of his life, the atmosphere. And uh, if you want to go along for the ride, he's uh, he's he's the guy for you. Just uh, get ready to get a little angry and cry a little bit, maybe. I'm going to challenge you on that because he does have infectious beats. His beats sound epic, but they don't sound artificially epic. It's the difference between the movie trailer and the actual film score. And I don't know what it is, but if somebody else made the same music that he's making, the beats would be twice as loud. So you got me, and I'm I'm kind of impressed that I got called out and schooled by Joe on a hip-hop topic. I'm for it. Congratulations, Joe. You grew a lot this week, buddy. Come fight me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the audio junkie, though. That's me listening to what's actually being put down and saying, this doesn't sound like everybody else. What's different? I don't know. I haven't figured I it out yet with NF. To, I listen to NF for the lyrics, and I think that's where I think that's where he shines. He even says that he came into the game as a lyricist, and he's going to leave like that, period. Um, so I don't, I mean, I don't, there's there's a couple other, like, artists out there that, you know, like, I listen to the songs because I like the way the beat sounds, but him, I'm, like, trying to pick out the lyrics because I want to hear what he has to say. Final thoughts on NF. Dan, this is hard. I, You know, with final thoughts, I always struggle with these because it's like I feel like whenever I give, quote unquote, the final word, you know, on on what I think is something, I feel differently about NF every day, dude. Like there's songs that I relate to so much and so deeply. And I don't really even like hip hop, guys, like really not that much. And so like, okay, I, can't, you can like hip-hop. I can't tell you why. But I guess the whole thing is, like, 
I'm not the most qualified person in the world to tell you what is good and what isn't good hip hop. But what I can tell you is that his music and his lyrics affected me in a very profound way. And the fact that he plays a genre that I am not as familiar with as maybe I should be, like that it can cut through all the bullshit that I, that I, my bullshit process, which is like, I listen to a band. Well, how heavy is this? Well, how heavy is it? Is, is it in comparison to this? What genre does this fit into? What what nice little bow can I wrap this up in, and 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 say my piece about, and and feel good about myself afterwards? I can't really do that with NF because I don't listen to enough of this kind of music to really say like you know because he could be like in, in the eyes of the mainstream be the shittiest rapper on the face of the earth, but I wouldn't know. All I would really know is that his music affected me in a very profound way, enough for me to break the mold of my heavy metal show or whatever to talk about it because I felt like it was that important and that I just wanted to really um, get to the core of of how it made me feel and why. And uh, I appreciate you guys going on that journey with me. And I think, yeah, if you're not sure about, about something like NF or if you're only somebody that listens to metal, I will tell you that me... Personally, I really, I still love metal. It's still my favorite genre. Sometimes you have to pay attention to what is being said more so than what's being played. And um, and that that's, I guess that's my final thought on NF. I mean, it could change, but, you know, don't send me 10,000 Facebook messages asking me, you know, if it changed. Because I, cause I, was, I was bitching about that earlier. <laughs> you might say this is a, a therapy session for you, Dan, to do, uh, to do a little bit of hip hop and something not hardcore or metal. Yeah, but I mean, it is hardcore in its way. Absolutely. It, it, it's some of the most hardcore lyricism I've ever heard. Like ever. It's packaged up a little bit differently. It's packaged up differently, and it's it's a little poppy, and my wife doesn't mind whenever I listen to it in the car. <laughs> exactly. As much so fun my as, wife and I can listen to it together. Yeah, as much fun as it is where it's like, yeah, where, where are we going today? Oh, we're, we're going to have a 45-minute drive. Great. Well, we can listen to all of Extol's Undeceived before we get there. <laughs> You know, she's she's not as into that. Search. So, but yeah, right. like pop in the search because then you can drive forty five minutes and then drive home, and then go out and get some stuff that you forgot to get when you were out before, and then also have a few tracks left for the drive to work the next day. There you go, <laughs> David. What's your album of the week? Um, Disconnected by Nothing Left. If I could tie everything back to uh, Face Down Records, which is what I do most of the life. Um, but you know, Nothing Left. The uh, a super group of hardcore metalcore with a little bit of panic chords in there and uh yeah it's gonna be great damn what about you you know i kind of keep going back to norma jean because i got all hail for my birthday on vinyl and i've been listening to that over and over and over and over again and uh yeah i love the shit out of all hail and you should too because norma jean if you believed it was impossible for this podcast to break the mold enough to talk about a hip-hop artist I'm going to tell you about an artist that I have loved and listened to religiously ever since I first saw him play with a portion of his band on Austin City Limits, PBS. Damian Rice, his first record, O, is still one of the best records I've ever listened to. Great album. And you should be listening to it because that is an artist that I could do an entire episode on because of how much variety he throws into his music. See, whenever I say no, you can you can use this episode against me <laughs> as your as your bargaining chip. I would ask the audience first and then tell you that I already asked them though. <laughs> that is that is how I made all of this happen. I told Dan last night that I thought this was a prank. 
He's like, are you ready for tomorrow? I was like, yeah, I keep on thinking you're going to tell me, hey, just kidding, we're not actually doing the episode. (laughs) (laughs) It's too early in the year for that. That'd be pretty dickish. Take us out, DFT. Have you ever been listening to this podcast and thought to yourself, why do they keep talking about these bands? And now they're talking about a rapper. Like, I have legitimate suggestions of bands they should talk about. Send us those suggestions. You can send us an email at show at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can talk to us on Twitter at Discuss Metal or at Discuss Metal Dan or Discuss Metal Joe. You can reach out to us on our Discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes that'll take you right to the wonderful world of Discord. And uh, you can also reach out to us on Instagram now under Discography Discussion. So, I mean, we're all over the place, man. We're, we're at all the places where the kids are. So you can uh, feel free to drop your band suggestions or just say hello. I promise I won't like bark back or be angry. And on that note, this has been episode 158 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please, send questions and comments to Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money! Rap.